Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Tox and Tasting Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. I'm Paul Hagen. I'm Brick. This is Vicker. Welcome to the show. Man, it's been a while. Brick? Yeah, I'm pretty busy. Got a I'm lot. glowing. I'm you- glowing. Every time I see your, your smiling face... <laughs> Yeah, I wish the cameras were working so you could see it more clearly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we see you just fine. Oh, really? Everyone, everyone, yeah. everyone at the spaghetti supper today will be thinking, "Wow, he's got this extra spring in his step. He must have been looking at Pope tweets or something." Something like that. <laughs> so, how you been? Good. Good, good. I actually got a call from Hannah the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah, Hannah, the associate producer. What, what, and, what did Hannah want? Uh, she actually asked if I'd uh, do a women's retreat uh, in August. So I'm going to go and do that. that that'll be kind of fun. Wow. Right on. On any topic? Um, it sounds like they are interested in learning more about the Sabbath. So um, okay. I need to throw together a pretty catchy title here in the next few days and hmm. go on from there. So. All right, that'll be a top 12 list. Mm. Sabbath, women's retreat. I'll be working on this. This will be coming. Yeah. I will come up with top 12 <laughs> titles for this. Okay, but one of them has to be the Savvy Sabbath. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's I like the alliteration, Vicar. I like it. Oh, good. By the way, uh, in honor of... Can you hand me that one? That one's cold. <laughs> in ho- honor of Hannah, I am having, uh, for a beverage today, I am having a Juicy Juice. She actually came to visit the studios not long ago, and uh, she texted if I had any juice boxes in my fridge, which I didn't, but Ooh. I said I did. Uh-oh. So I ran and got some juicy juice uh, for my fridge uh, so that uh, her little one wouldn't be disappointed Yeah, that nice. there wasn't juicy juice. So now <laughs> I have juicy juice that I need to finish. Uh, so I have, let's see, this is fruit punch. Mm. So, Vicar, you don't necessarily feel free. You need to have that if you don't yeah, want to. Yeah, I probably end up skipping this one. So, a lot of <laughs> lot of uh, carbohydrates. <laughs> and and uh, uh, I wasn't sure on the time. We're we're still we haven't figured out this whole time zone thing. <laughs> yeah. So when I texted, let's do Iowa time. In my mind, I was thinking Wyoming time, and then Vicar said, "We'll see in 31 minutes." That's why I wrote that. <laughs> Just in <laughs> <And> case. <laughs> Like I guess I'll, I'm I'm doing legs after so <laughs> so if I feel a little ragey today it's because I get grumpy if I skip working out. Have you gotten mm. to that point yet, Vicar? Uh, no, no, I get uh, more like a, a profound sense of relief when it's over. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, you'll boy. get there, man. I know. <laughs> and how's how's your family? Everything going your way? Uh, me, Bert? right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everything's. I can't actually see you, so. Uh, okay. So oh, uh, yeah, I don't know who you're talking to. So. Okay. Um, so if well, I just if assume, I delay, I uh, that's the reason why. Yeah, everybody's doing ass- well. Just assume I'm talking to you and not Vicar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I say Vicar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To make things fair, maybe I'll just sit here with my eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, um, that's not bad. Juicy juice. Everybody's doing well. We, uh, we're yeah, can't complain. Well, here in Iowa, the uh, the combines are running running hard right now. Vicker got his first time to sit in a combine. I sure did. That was fantastic. I'd only ever seen those machines from either a great distance or possibly only in video games. That's probably more likely. So, is your family up and going over there in Minnesota? Oh yeah, yep. They got all the beans out, and so they're working on corn. Living the dream. Always. It's the way we roll. So, uh, Vicar, uh, why don't you, uh, we got the gospel reading. Okay. Uh, why don't you, uh, we should talk about what I'm preaching on. Right. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew chapter 22. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. 
you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How is it then that David, in the Spirit, calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. All right, uh, um, a mic drop moment. Right. Right? He, he just silenced the Sadducees about the resurrection, right? Right. And now he's, they, you know, leave it to the Pharisees to want to ha- argue about the finer points of the law. Oh, yeah. See, right? both liberals and legalists hate Jesus. That, <laughs> That's true. That, that, could be your, uh, that could be your sermon title. Hmm. There, there you go. Right? I mean, the Sadducees are the libs. The Pharisees are the legalists. Right? The establishment would be the Sadducees. It, it, it's kind of like this. You, Vicar and I are old enough to remember when uh, it was more of the liberal side of things that we're always fighting for uh, free speech. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yep. Now that's changed. It has changed. Now <laughs> free speech is considered violence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But but really, ultimately, uh, both you know, both liberal and conservative uh, don't like Jesus because ultimately it still falls down to works somehow, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather than grace. And and so when he asked, "What's the greatest law?" Um, it's interesting that uh, when you look at the concept of love, uh, the Pharisees did not understand what love was because it was an earned based love. How can you love God and love your neighbor from the heart if you're doing it for yourself? Right. And uh, that's a something that they didn't understand, just like they did not understand how David's son could also be his Lord. Hmm. Um, but it also shows then that uh, the person of Jesus uh, really all... All of our uh, what 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 does uh, Doctor Scare say? I mean, nothing. All orderly. theology is Christology. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess I have heard that. Right. That could be a topic here too. Hmm. But uh, but really, it was an argument about who Jesus was. They were testing Jesus. They were testing David's son and David's Lord, and they didn't think it could possibly be Christ being the Messiah, but he was. He was the one that was going to save him. And and uh, and Jesus answers and them a question asks them a question that they could understand. So I do not know exactly where I'm gonna take this one yet. <laughs> oh okay. That's interesting because it's Friday. Yeah. Okay. I spent good. more time helping you with your sermon this week. Victor. Well yeah, that's that's how that goes. <laughs> Mine's further away and but that's but I need more help. <laughs> so it goes. So, by the way, can I take a, a side here, Vicar? I'm asking Vicar Questionberg. <laughs> um, what what kind of lessons have you been learning about preaching lately that you find helpful? Uh, well, when I'm writing a sermon, I can't be writing it from an academic vacuum. Instead, I need to figure out who I'm talking to. And instead of that meaning what I might have thought it would have meant a few months ago before I became a vicar, it's not, oh, no, know your audience and, and know the congregation and get to know them all. Very good things to do, but that's not what I have learned. I've learned that I need to have a specific person in mind that needs to hear the sermon that I'm writing. And so one of the sermons that I've done lately, I thought of a relative of my wife who was raised as a Christian and is no longer living as a Christian. And I thought, what if this was, and this was instructions I had received, I admit, but nevertheless, the exercise was, what if I had one last chance to talk to her about the sermon text? What would I say to her in particular? And that really changed the nature of the sermon I was writing, because suddenly it was, there was a sense of urgency uh, and, 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 a, and a personal nature to the sermon 
rather than just saying a whole bunch of like kind of academic theological statements about the pericope or put it going way into, I always like to do context. I, uh, if I'm, if I'm not like careful, I'll end up writing a Bible study monologue rather than a sermon. But instead with this new way of thinking of sermons as being personal and having somebody in particular in mind when I write the sermon, it comes out, well, much more sermon-like, which is fantastic. So I'm just practicing those things. And, and also you, you kind of learn that sometimes that person you're preaching to is Sometimes it's myself. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Uh, because uh, on a subsequent sermon, uh, I was instructed by my supervisor to put myself in the hot seat. What is this lesson that I'm reading for uh, for the sermon? Uh, what is it that I need to get out of that sermon text? And so I had to put myself as the one that was the receiving end of the sermon. And that also made for a very interesting sermon with a, uh, a personality to it. And and uh, Berg, what would Luther call that? I don't know. Tentatio? Something like that. Yeah. Tentatio. <laughs> it's been a long week with kids, hasn't it? It has. I. It's, uh, it's Friday. I, I'm I'm drinking coffee. Is my beverage for today, and it hasn't kicked in yet. So. Um. So uh, I've got a top twelve list. Right on. Um. And I, uh, the top. I mean, I got a few things to say about this. Oh. Text. Go ahead. Okay. Well, you know how people, uh, you know, they want application, which is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and some people are like, well, you know, wh- when you actually do apply the text to them and they don't like it, they say they say things like, well, where is that in the Bible, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I, I, I mean, so, but here we see that the whole Bible is actually application, right? Mm-hmm. We see that... Uh, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, right? And so I think this actually uh, is a great way to talk about, okay, how do you actually apply the Bible, which is simply an application of, you know, the law, right? Love God and love mm-hmm. your neighbor. And we look at the manifold ways in which the prophets deal with this, whether it be uh, people oppressing their uh, their workers or adultery or, you know, fornication or bribes or whatever right um all of these things are simply applications of love god uh and love your neighbor right mm-hmm. um and so mm-hmm. i think that really uh opens up the scriptures to people in that it's not simply well this was their checklist that they had to check off and it's like no actually this is the whole life i mean this is 1500 years of history here that uh where we actually see God's law worked out for our good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and directly, de- you know, uh, applied to the people of their time, which is fantastic. Which brings up a, a fascinating idea, and that is, and I think this is actually how I preached the last time I preached this. Okay. And that is, is the fact that the Ten Commandments actually teach you how to love. Hmm. Yep. You know, so if you want to love your neighbor... All right, then consider the Ten Commandments. Right. Be- the reason why, especially from from uh, if you, you're preaching to the the Washington context, <laughs> or Oregon, excuse me, <laughs> right? Where how are the Ten Commandments viewed as being not loving, mm-hmm. restrictive, and right. right? So, for example, uh, uh, if you if you don't uh, if you don't support abortion, that is being not loving towards. Oh, women. women. You, you hate women, apparently. Right. When really, the Ten Commandments, uh, Jesus teaches us, show us how exactly to love and what that looks like. Hmm. And so, so if you want to learn how to love God and love your neighbors, all the commandments hang on those two things. And so, when you look at the Ten Commandments, they teach you exactly how to love one Whatever. another. How to yeah. love your wife, how do you love your parents, how do you love your children, how to love your government. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's the great thing is that you you have so many applications even beyond the Ten Commandments throughout all of the histories, and it gives you an idea, right? I think sometimes we're almost too general in our preaching, because I, I heard this here the other day, you know, again, well, we're all sinners, and basically it's used as an excuse to kind of wiggle out. Hmm. And the thing is, is that this sort of general um, 
commandment of love God and love your neighbor has infinite applications. It's not simply right. a checklist. It's not simply a policy. Love includes the mind and the heart and the body. Uh, and it's like uh, John says in his apostle or in his epistle for uh, for this Sunday too, right? Um, mm-hmm. He, if a man says that he loves God but hates his brother, he's a liar. Right. And so I think there's a really interesting thing there, right? Is like uh, Pastor Price here actually preached a sermon on this two nights ago, and he said um, he really focused on, and the second is like it, right? Hmm. The second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself, is like it. Like what? Well, like loving God. Um, If you love God, you love your neighbor. Um, And what does that look like? And we see this in a lot of different ways, right? Uh, that was a big part of the refer- that was a big part of the Reformation, wasn't it? Yeah, I, because I mean, you, you you love your how do you love God in their minds? Well, you you go to a monastery and you mm. yep. you know you abuse yourself and you <laughs> you spend all your God, time praising God, and then Luther said, no, it's not right. Or even you know are, how, how do you love your relatives here? I mean, do we actually have the hard conversations that we need to have? Like you were talking about uh, that sermon having more urgency, right? Right. And, you know, sometimes sometimes hard words have to be spoken, right? And yeah. that's, and that's, uh, and I think the, the scriptures not only give us direction in doing that, uh, but they, uh, they also encourage us and comfort us in doing that, that we're not the only ones who have had this trouble, right? So in that way, right. I, I guess you could really say that this focuses on what Second Timothy three uh, says about you know Scripture is profitable for training in righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. And right. you know that that these aren't just a bunch of neat little stories that uh, we have to read in church every once in a while and be bored out of our gourd for, but they should actually um, they teach us how to love God and our neighbor either by positive examples or negative examples. Right. And, and, then, and the law... And then you can also and, say, you know, to move on to another point, uh, you know, you can talk about law and gospel, that the Bible is written in those two words. That'd be another route you could take. You could take Jesus in the Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. Because all he's doing here is quoting from Deuteronomy and uh, from Psalm 118, verse 1. And talk about that psalm. That psalm is awesome, Right? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like, it's kind of like when we do our sermons and you, uh, you know, you uh, quote one line of a, what's his, a cake uh, band, <laughs> right? Right, And everybody knows what you're talking about because you've indoctrinated them mm-hmm. with cake songs. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's what Jesus is doing here just with God's word, right? He's expecting right. them to know the entire song. By just uh, quoting one verse, you know, it'd be like if I said, you know, it's like rain on your wedding day. Oh, yeah. Right. See, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, that's the problem is I and honestly, we should. Very ironic. Oh, geez. Don't you don't you think? <laughs> it's a little too ironic. <laughs> but I think the whole point here is, is that, uh, you know, this can also be an occasion to exhort people to. Um, you know, learn the Bible like what, uh, you know, like they learn their songs on the radio, you know? Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that way uh, we can actually have these kind of conversations again where uh, all we have to do is say things like Mount Sinai, people know what we're talking about. Golden Calf, it's- people know what we're talking about, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I had I had a kind of an interesting discussion at our, our pastors' conference. I don't want to get too much in the details, okay? You know, um, but uh, it's interesting when you look at the law. There, I think sometimes we we lose this aspect of it, and I'd like to hear your comment on it, Berg. Is uh, why didn't I think I've, I've heard it expressed to me? Why didn't you sin? I've heard it expressed to me a couple of times. Well, I didn't do this because I don't want to go to hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now, at first you think, well, well, obviously, you know, that one sin wouldn't would wouldn't do that. But on the other hand, like if you understand sin and what's trying to do, and you're not taking cheap grace, 
grace for granted and say, well, I'm going to go ahead and sin because God will forgive me anyway. The proper understanding of the law brings that fear into you. Mm-hmm. It's at your door. It's desire is for you. Yeah, and, here, and, co- and here's another application, right? I mean, this goes to the conclusion of the commandments. God threatens to punish all those who break his commandments. Okay, let's go to the Bible. Where do we see uh, people getting uh, smoted because, uh, you know, because they broke God's commandment? Well, the, the, the scary one for me is uh, with Peter, uh, and uh, they held back offering. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> In Acts? Yeah. Mm. Right. A- Annas and Sapphira, oh, yeah. right? Right. right. Um, the, the names. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, Moses, right? Instead of talking mm-hmm. to the rock, he hit the rock. He did. And then what happened? He couldn't go into the promised land. Right? I mean, right. so, and people are like, oh, that's so harsh. It's like, no, this is what happens when you break God's commandments. And, and mm-hmm. this is why we learn, when we learn the commandments, fear and love God. Right. I, I, I think we've lost this understanding in the church to a certain degree, right? Mm-hmm. We want to sow comfort with the gospel, which we do. But I think so many, and, and I would say I'm included. Okay. We're all included, right? <laughs> we all don't fear. Right. Yeah, we don't fear like we should. We don't. Right, and that that's not a denial of the gospel. No. It isn't. I mean, in fact, it is what makes the gospel so incredibly sweet and comforting. Because, frankly, uh, if I don't fear that I'm going to go to hell, then what do I need a Savior for? Hmm. I mean, you know, so. So, yeah, interesting discussion. You always bring this out in me, Berg. I I do what I can. I wouldn't say I'm a hero, (laughs) but uh, maybe a legend or an icon. (laughs) But but I do think we we do need to start uh, applying it more, applying the Bible histories more, teaching them more, uh, so people actually get some of these things. I mean, it's interesting. You have conversations with people who have been in the church. Uh, I just had one uh, the other day. I've been in the church for almost 50 years, and they have no idea what the Eighth Commandment is. It's, mm. it is, it is, uh, ast- it's astounding in a lot of ways and really kind of scary. When you explain to them that, you know, when, you know, the positive side of the commandment is, is if someone is complaining about someone else, that you defend your neighbor's reputation and you encourage them to go talk to them. Yeah. That was a novel idea. And I mean, so I do think that uh, sometimes we can just be too general, you know? Right. And uh, the Bible is all application, right? And so uh, we need to use it more. We need to use it in that way and say, hey, look, uh, you shouldn't badmouth uh, bad your neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. That gets you, you know, that's a sin. Gets you in trouble. Look at X, Y, and Z. Look at Ham, right? Right. What he said was true when he went to tell his brothers. Hmm. But just because something is true doesn't mean we should say it, right? Rather, we should... Right. That, that, that- you know, that's a big uh, justification, but what it, but it was true. Well, that doesn't right. It's not gossip. It's true. <laughs> See, and that's the thing, right? <laughs> and mm. uh, and uh, frankly, I think these histories stick in their heads better than you know. So you know, I guess right. there's just some real neat things we can pull out of it. So yeah. Do you, do you miss preaching every Sunday a little bit? Oh, I preach. This oh, week, you you preached. yeah. I, this week I preached every day, uh, Monday through Friday, except for Wednesday. So wow. So yeah, I preached four sermons today, uh, this week. So oh, goodness. oh good for you. So yeah, it's a good lot of fun. Um, we're just getting into Mark. Uh, I've split it up, um, so the readings aren't nearly as long as what we were doing before. Um, they're for the Old Testament stuff from Bender, uh, his catechesis stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. we were reading entire chapters. And I find it interesting, but it might not be as helpful for, for uh, you know, seven, you know, six and seven-year-olds, you know? So <laughs> there is a limit to our endurance, so. <laughs> All right. So sh- uh, should I do my top 12 list? Let's do yes, it. Yes, you should. All right. 
Uh, Vicar, what should Peter do? Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. I miss Bert. How's Bert doing? I can't hear that with, I, without hearing Bert. I know. I uh, I haven't talked to him in forever, so I hope he's doing well in uh, Minnesota. So, hey, Bert, if you're listening, uh, send a, a text out to the show. You need to come up sometime. Maybe you need a little break. To come down to Hampton. Check out the studios. Love to have you back. Get an update on uh, Bertonia. Is it Bertonia? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Vicar has no idea what we're talking about. I have no idea. That's all right. Yeah. So my top... He's entering... Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. It's time delay. (laughs) It's time delay. Um, So the the top 12 list today is... uh, um, uh, Because of our time schedules, I didn't get a chance to to work out today. But I was thinking that there are some things about gym culture Mm -hmm. that we can learn. So... uh, um, Oh, and by the way, when I mean gym culture, I'm not talking about treadmills. Okay, <laughs> huh. he means jazzercise. I'm, I'm not talking about ellipticals. Oh, <laughs> right. And I'm talking little about the the machines with levers and all that kind of thing. Mm. So you're talking right? about yoga mats, right? <laughs> it's going to do a plank for thirty minutes, <laughs> right? I thought he was going to do fr- like sitting monkey or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you mispronounced it. <laughs> Yes, what we learned from hot yoga. <laughs> I try to say that the way Chris Christian would say that. Uh, I don't know. That's pretty close. Get, do, am it, I? Yeah, good good impersonation. It, it was. <laughs> um, when Hannah was here, she was pretty impressed with the, the Chris Christian impersonation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she could barely tell the difference. All right. So top 12 things we can learn from gym culture. I'll call it freak factory culture. <laughs> okay. Right? Yep. Right. Because, Vicar, you're starting into this mentality, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be ordinary, you know, when I'm at the gym. Right. <laughs> that, that's, that was my motivation to him. I said, I'm going to make your, your workout a little tougher, Vicar. Right. And he was complaining. I, I was. Said, I started to complain. And I said, well, you don't want to be average, do you? <laughs> 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 All right. So, number 12, and I just have one word for some of these. All right. The things that the church can learn from gym culture. Number 12. Mirrors. Hmm. Mirrors are important. Let me explain. Because you might think, well, mirrors are in the gym are just for vanity. Well, not if you're using the mirrors properly. (laughs) Or if you're right. Not very I mean, I admit about (laughs) half the time I use it improperly because I'm just, you know, posturing. But... It actually really is good because, like Vicar, he his uh, right shoulder likes mm-hmm. to kind of creep up Jerks a little up, bit, yep. and and he may not feel it, but if he could see it in the mirror, yep. you know, you can actually evaluate how you're doing a little better if you're using a mirror, right? Proper form. So in the church, now we may not use mirrors for vanity's sake. However, we just talked about using God's law as a mirror in a myriad of ways, didn't we? Ooh, Ooh yes. look at you. Huh? Good right. word. Yeah, mirror. <laughs> you said, look at you, and we're talking about mirrors. <laughs> so, so the use of mirrors to see actually how you're doing, just like uh, the, the heart of the Ten Commandments. Right. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. So uh, you, we can learn from gym culture the importance of mirrors. Number 11. Repetition. Reps. Reps. Yep. Right? Yep. Reps and sets. I, I've already taught Vicar that, uh, you know, each muscle group per week needs between 12 and 15 sets. Mm. And so you, you need to continue in the gym. Uh, you don't take anything for granted. And uh, you remember that you, you, you make things instinctual, mm-hmm. proper form instinctual, so that... Uh, uh, with each, each rep, not only you're building muscle, you're building the mind, nerve, connection, and all those things. And this repetition becomes habit. Right. Just like on Sunday mornings, what do we do? We have repetition all over the place so that the theology of, of the Bible and of the liturgy becomes a habit. Yeah. It becomes habitual. And uh, 
if one thing the the pandemic has really led is a misunderstanding of the need of repetition, I think. Hmm. Are you back up to where you were before? We're we're not we're not quite pre-pandemic yet. No. Hmm. And I I just think part of it is people many who were every Sunday became every other Sunday or something like that. Hmm. You know? Hmm. Um but uh but I think whether repeti- repetition on Sunday mornings, repetition in the home, repetition in the liturgy itself, uh, Vicar's already seen, you know, when people uh, are stressed or, or not thinking clearly, they can still say what with me? They can say the Lord's Prayer, for sure. And the, and the Apostles' Creed. And the Apostles' Creed. And even the confession yeah. of sins yeah. from yep. the liturgy. Yep. Right? Um, and, and so the repetition, repetition... You got to get your reps in because it's good for you. Yeah. Number 10. I use this term. I don't know. I don't know. I think I came up with this term. Hmm. But I, I tell Vicar, do you need me to give you a brotivational speech? Ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hope I've said no every single time. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do I mean by that? Well, you know, I, I think the church needs to have members and, and a lot of they're they're good at this of encouraging each other mm-hmm. and to, to well and uh get back to your um uh, um uh coming to sunday morning um you know if we look at hebrews 10 you know do not forsake the assembly which we've talked about often mm-hmm. on here um why does why does the writer to the hebrews say that and i preached on this uh um actually a couple sundays ago but uh the reason is, is in order to stir one another up, to encourage one another, right? There, mm-hmm. the apostle is saying, don't forsake church. Why? So you can be of benefit and of service to your neighbor, right? Your neighbor right. is encouraged when you're there. Your neighbor is encouraged when, uh, you know, he sees you there, when you pull out of your driveway to go to church or in church and singing the hymns and uh, confessing the faith. I mean, and that's not even uh, a motivational speech. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? Yeah, motivational actions. Right. So, you know, um, and no doubt, I, I completely understand that uh, we need people also to speak the words too, too right? They, of mm-hmm. course they do. Um, but I don't think people realize. Sometimes I think we've we've gotten a little selfish in the church, right? Because we focus oh, I, I, so much to... on, uh, we focus so much on filling our own gas tank, you know? And mm-hmm. it's true, right? The principal reason we come to church is, is for the forgiveness of our sins. But we should never lose that. But that's not the only reason either. Right. I had a, a sermon not long ago where I, I I really hit on this hard, is the fact that you're not only in church for yourself, you're also there so that, you know, the widow doesn't have to confess her faith alone. You're there mm-hmm. because the people there need you as well. That uh, uh, That you are needed, and you're not just there for yourself, which is... The whole thing about online service just kind of skips by. Yeah. What do I get out of my screen and my my speaker that day? It has <laughs> nothing to do with how are you also there to be a benefit to others. How uh, how uh, your confession of faith with others is important. Abs- um, absolutely. And you know that's the thing is, you know, and we as pastors are encouraged when we see people come to church. Because it encourages mm-hmm. us that the Word of God actually does do what it says it does. Right? Um, right. Yeah. So, you know, it is. It's very, very encouraging when people are in church. And it's very, very discouraging when people aren't in church either. Right? I mean, you guys mm-hmm. feel that way, right? I mean, yeah. I know. Actually, I, I sure do. The last last uh, podcast, because we had a broken computer, I only had a, a short little thing. But then I replayed the Helping Pastor Sleep. Hmm. Um, oh yeah. And the reason I want I wanted to replay it is because I was thinking that uh, how we made that before the pandemic, oh, and how much more that that is important. Right. Know? Boy, we were almost prophets. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine. Don't forget the basics. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Here's a, here's a, here, really when it comes to weightlifting. Uh, we get uh, so maybe enamored with the latest, you know, uh, deltoid raises, you know, lean this way, do this. 
really, there's kind of five main exercises that you really need to focus on and everything else is just gravy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I think many, many, many times the church has gotten in trouble when we take the gospel as a given without actually talking about or explaining it. Where uh, we all kind of, you you hear this and uh, I, I, I try and go to the like family members' funerals of, of a member or something like that, where they have a, a father, mother, or somebody, you know, and uh, it is amazing to me how often the gospel is just kind of saying, well, we know they're with Jesus or they're, we know they're in heaven. So let's talk about what you really need to hear. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and everything is really based on uh, like Jesus expressed, right? When he talked about the law is all founded on this. The gospel is is founded on who the person of Jesus is, yeah. And and uh, I think uh, we were so quick to just kind of skim over the basics and get to the 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 other stuff that mm. it kind of leads us astray. So so going to to gym culture, right? Right. You know, you can spend all your time just working the lateral raises. So you get a little part of their front deltoid working. You know, <laughs> okay. when you're not actually doing the full presses you're putting the clanging and banging weights on there and moving more weight hmm. the basic exercises yeah because you yeah. can't you can't do the heavy lifting without first doing the basics and really right. he, it made me think of hebrews chapter 5 where uh paul is explaining about uh jesus being our high priest but mm-hmm. in verse 11 he says we have much to say about it and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing and why have they become dull of hearing? For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, You and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The basics, right? Right. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like Vicar when we I was teaching how to lift weights. Right. How much did I care about how much you were lifting? No, we we weren't even counting how many at first. It was just making sure that I would do it properly, not that I would do a lot of it. Right. Right. Because right. uh, if you if I if you were to learn to do shoulder presses wrong or bench press wrong, what would happen? You might get well, I'd get injured, and I'd continue to do it wrong forever, and <laughs> right, had to get the basics right first. There you go. What do you well, think of this so far, Berg? It's good. And, I mean, it made me think, too, is, you know, how important it is that we continue to cover the basics with our own members. Because, like I was, once again, it relates to what I talked about, where this uh, these people didn't know what the Eighth Commandment is. And so it made it impossible for them to learn anything else, right? Right. And so, you know... Um, so yeah, it uh, it just means that we have to be better about catechesis as well, you know, and really just pushing the basics so that we can continue to grow in Christ. Hmm. So right. never just stopping at the basics, right? I'm not saying that. Yeah, no, we, right. Because we shouldn't. Um, but the basics right. are there as a foundation for everything else. So uh, the, the the phrase I would I would use that that I didn't put in my top twelve list, but we could talk about it fits right in is the idea of we got the basics, but we also have progressive overload. Yes, right. The beauty of progressive overload. So you, you uh, you're always pushing a little bit more. You know, you kind of track your progress. Well, I only did this many this time. I'm going to try and do this, and if I can do too many, I'm going to have to increase it. I'm right. always looking to progress, make it harder. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I was thinking too for sermons. This is why I think people should take sermon notes. It's like, I got this much out of the sermon. Next time I want to get more, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a, and I wonder how I, that would be measurable. You know what I mean? Well, I have a member, believe it or not, who takes notes on sermons, and she knows more about what I preached in years past than I do. <laughs> so I... I so I, I asked her, you know, well, well, how did I preach this last time? And she she said, well, this is what you said last time you preached this. Wow. <laughs> so her overload is really high, <laughs> right? <laughs> which is awesome, right? And uh, I mean, it's joyous to see people like that. It's wonderful. Yeah. Number eight, the importance of music 
That's true. Right? Uh, now, I, I don't listen to a lot of music right now, and I'm, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit because there's, okay. there's a complaint I have about gym culture that we're losing, okay? But, but there's nothing like uh, having some, something that really gets you going. Uh, kind of like we had our top 12 list uh, working out playlist that one time from, from him. Yeah, I mean, num- number one was kind of a Alanis Morissette, wasn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> okay, this might be a little bit uh, TMI, okay, but I'm going to say it. So, uh, you know, I'm at that age, Berg, where I needed one of those little scope things. <laughs> okay, yep. 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 Yeah. I'm so picking I up actually, what you're putting down. I actually made myself a playlist for that <laughs> for the night before. Uh, was it like Marvin Gaye or? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was- <laughs> well, let's see. I had uh, I had Rocky like a hurricane. <laughs> That's good. Um, what else did I have? Uh, I had <laughs> she's my cherry pie. On there. <laughs> I don't know why, but oh, uh, pump up music, you know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but music, right? Because music actually in the church helps us learn doctrine. It, it teaches theology in a way that that can help stick with us um and it, it you know we gloss over the fact of, of how important it is but historically speaking we've known this uh right and uh and to simply gloss it over it's you know the importance of good church uh, music and musicians and all the ways that god uses those and and berg you'd probably add art to that right right the uh, you know when we talk about god's word and and his teachings, it is a language that not only speaks in words, but in how you say it and how it's ex- it's expressed. So there's a biblical world that's not just the words, but the whole everything kind of wrapped up, uh, which uh, all points to the same direction. So you use music and you use art and all those things. But in, in lifting, music is very important. Right, I would say. Yeah, it is not just uh, to pump you up, but also it's a workout all of its own. You know, and to put a plug in, uh, I think uh, all of our listeners should go find uh, TLH 668. It's one of the canticles. It's uh, the Beatitudes set to music. Very, very beautiful. It would be perfect for when you celebrate All Saints Day. Perfect. Are you writing that down, Vicar? Yeah, I am typing it into my phone right now. All right. So it's beautiful. Our children here just sing it just so beautifully. Like it is... Uh, it's fantastic. So, number seven. This is an important one, I think. Number seven. Can I have a spot, bro? <laughs> Sometimes we need a spot. Oh yeah. If you're in the gym and you need a spot, you have no problems saying to someone, "Hey, do you mind? I've got 315 pounds over my neck. Do you mind making sure uh, that uh, if I need help, you can help me." And it's done without ever, and everyone's very happy to do it. And there, and uh, there's nothing wrong with asking. And I think sometimes in the church, uh, we've grown accustomed to not asking when we need a spot, huh? when we need help. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we we think we can wrestle it all on our own. You don't say. You know, um, one culture that I actually think does understand this a little bit is uh, like addiction recovery. Mm-hmm. Right. Where, where you they realize you can't do this on your own. You need a, a sponsor or somebody to to help you. But I think we forget in the church that, that that I mean, there's a flip side to what Jesus teaches on loving your neighbor as yourself, and it's this realizing that your neighbors are there to love you, right? And and the fact that God call God calls them to help you. To, to give you strength, and for you to say, when you're weak, without any shame, can you spot me? <laughs> yep. Uh, it's like First so Corinthians this, 10, 12, right? Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Right? Right. And if you're, you don't think you need a spot... Um, That's when your chest gets crushed. 
That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, so I, I do think, I think this is an important one, you know, to have that kind of culture to come into the church is really important. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, how often does it happen uh, when a pastor, someone needed you and they didn't let you know, hey, I needed a spot there? Hmm. Yeah. I need to know. That's the truth. So, so can I spot you? Can I have a spot, bro? Is very important. Number six. One thing Vickers noticed is it's important to go even when you don't feel like going. Yeah. Yeah, you can't go based on feelings because then I just simply wouldn't go. <laughs> and then afterwards, you feel like an animal, don't you? Oh, yeah. Arr. That's when Snarl Carl comes out for me. Ha. That's what I call it. I have this character at home. Oh. I call him Snarl Carl. And my, my dear wife hates it. Oh, no, not Snarl Carl again. <laughs> I'll ask her. My members listening right now are thinking, who's Carl? Yeah. <laughs> I barely remember. <laughs> Nobody calls you that. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's true. I mean, with everything in life, there are times you just don't feel like going, but you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. You go because it's the best thing for you and, and because you're trying to make improvements. Because, because when you think about it, who is the voice that telling you not to go to church? It's the old Adam, right? Yeah. Yeah. If it's not Satan directly, it's at least your old Does self. that voice want what's best for you? No, of course not. Right. The and, voice that yeah. tells you, Vicar, don't go to the wellness center today. Is that, is that the best? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> that's not my that's not my new self. <laughs> Number five. When you're working out, you gotta consider the long term, not the short term. You're building long term goals. The goal is not to necessarily add 100 pounds to your bench. Today, it is to keep in the long fold, the long idea, the, lo- the, the, the long-term goals of, of mm. faith. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so uh, if the, one, the people who don't think of long-term and only the short, short-term are the ones who feel like they need steroids. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I need results right away. Yeah. No, but you're, you're in this for the long... Because if you take steroids, guess what? In the long-term, you're... You're uh, is going to be harmed. Yeah, you get stronger for a short time, not better. But then, as soon as you stop, you're worse off than if you'd never done it. So I mean, Arnie's fine. Arnold? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, have you seen? No. (laughs) For his age, I think he's all right. (laughs) Uh, No, no, no. He's no. Seriously, no. No. If you look at, unless they're still taking steroids, Hmm. the guys who used to take and and don't, they, they. and also, he had to have uh, heart surgery. Oh, um, okay. I, it was a joke. I mean, obviously, I'm sure there was <laughs> because that dude took a lot of steroids back in the day. Hmm. Right, and he's honest about it. Yeah. You know, we even well, watched. A, of we we even watched a video about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, that's right. The long term goal. That's kind of how Saint Paul portrayed Christian life as well. He compared it to a, a foot race. Um, not something sudden and, and once and done, but to something that took time. Well, and, right. and you know, and that's the thing is like, don't run aimlessly. He says that in First Corinthians ten, right? You know, mm-hmm. have a goal. Um, don't beat the air with your punches, right? If you're in a boxing match, uh, you don't try to KO the guy with one punch, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you are stupidly awesome, you know. <laughs> um, right. And then this goes to, I would say, particularly to to new Christians as well, hmm. in in the fact that, like a lot of the, like the these things are new, and you're you're going to want to be kind of like a, a vicar who preaches. <laughs> they they want to be, you know, after three sermons, they want to be the primo preacher, right? You know, after you know, oh, I've been doing this for two months. <laughs> I really want to be really good at it now. Right. I don't need you to review these sermons uh, at all now because I've done it for two months. Right. <laughs> then we do a count that you have done four and I did like 3,500 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm way behind, you know. But I'm in it for the long haul, though. <laughs> there you go. How many sermons do you do a year? Me? Yeah. Um, I'm just interested. I mean... I, I don't know that I've counted. You know, 10 funerals a year-ish. Yeah. Um. Minus the 20 Sundays that Vicar preaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. And midweek services. Midweek services. And I would say at, at least 50. And if yeah. there are years where I have a vacancy, 
Um, mm, yep. Uh, then that's going to be like 75, mm-hmm. 80, something like that. That sounds about right. Yeah, I was just doing some rough calculations myself. I think I'm about, I'm almost to 900. No, I'm over, I'm probably to 1,000 now from all of my vicarage wow. and uh, and fieldwork, ch- fieldwork church stuff. Because I was preaching twice a week. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, actually, three times a week if you count the chapel sermons in Latimer. So sure. So yeah, hmm. no, it's it's fun. It's amazing. I uh, still just picked up a preaching book written by uh, Barodius. So uh, I'm hoping that that'll hmm. continue to. We're always striving to make our craft better. Always, it's amazing. Do you know how Do you know how old I was when I preached my first sermon in church? Twenty three. Twenty two. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> I was 27, so... (laughs) Number four. Don't skip leg day. (laughs) Okay, that's true, but I'm instantly curious how you're going to apply that to the church life. Okay. Uh, I was going to apply it to the lectionary. Oh. The Lord takes no pleasure in the legs of a man, the (laughs) psalm says. That's what it says. (laughs) God hates leg day. (laughs) Right. That's that's the title of this podcast, right? God hates leg day. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> the, the point is, well, first of all, the lectionary because was was one idea I had because um, if we were just left to preach what we wanted to preach, mm-hmm. you you wouldn't be forced to not preach on some of the things that the full counsel of God's word has. Right. So we don't want to just do the ones that uh, it's it's kind of like this. Uh, um, you know, you don't do leg day uh, because well you. The really most muscles that you really do notice are the upper body muscles, and so you don't you don't worry about those, right? right? I don't know what We're you're talking about. The glory muscles. <laughs> I mean, my calves are my glory muscles, so that's true. <laughs> I haven't been hitting my calves. You know, uh, you you didn't probably know this. I had this secret thing with a podcast where I was really working out my calves until Julie noticed them. Oh, no, you know, I didn't know about and that. And she never stuff. did actually notice. I mean, how, oh, did how, you did you ever get those calf implants? I did not. No. <laughs> no. no. I'm, I'm 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 in the process of do I need the dental implants or calf implants? Cuz they're about the same cost. Ha. <laughs> uh, speaking so, of, hey, what would you think and this is maybe some behind the collar stuff for our listeners. What would you think if uh do you have Nesper's biblical texts? It has I do like not. It has a bunch of the old uh, lectionary stuff in it. We could actually do like, because, you know, we've done this lectionary now for how many years, right? Talking about it mm-hmm. with people. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe we look at a different lectionary and uh, take a look at it, you know? Not the three-year, but uh, like one of the older ones, like the Tomasius or something. I think it'd be kind yeah. of fun. That'd be fun. There's a two-year lectionary in TLH. I just found out. A friend of mine told me about it. Right, yeah. I mean, we could do that as well, so... Hmm. Just to, we could do we could know. do the one year, then we could do the two year, and then we could do the three year. So we can essentially <laughs> have a six have a six year lectionary. <laughs> ah, would you call? <laughs> Boo. Um, but 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 my point is behind leg day too is is this is uh, when it comes to God's word, there are some parts of God's word we'd rather just skip that day. We would rather skip. And uh, it's true. And uh, and we need to not skip those things. That is a beautiful connection between the two ideas. I, I, it's obvious now that you've said it. Number three. Uh, one thing about uh, freak factory culture <laughs> is that some people are afraid of it because they think I'm not fit enough to go to the freak factory. Right. And that's all self-imposed. Right. There's an intimidation factor, right? Well, I don't want to go start lifting weights because that's where all like the like the really fit people are, right? Right. So, so, but that's that's not the case, you know. He, the same way, would how do people think of of church or the church? Right. They got to get all cleaned up and 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 look holy and, and innocent, and then they can go to church. Yes, you go to the freak factory because you're not strong enough. You go to church because you're a sinner. Right. Amen. Number two, and this is more of a complaint, mm-hmm. but I think there is an, a point here, is I've noticed that earbuds are horrible for freak factory culture. 
Hmm. But what about the music you were talking about? That's the thing. That's okay. a, I say I'm gonna I'm gonna have to. There's a a dissidence here that I have to work out with. Yeah, a trade-off. Because well, the music's important, but at the same time, uh, the best gyms I've ever been to were ones that were where it had this old radio. Uh, with some old box bookshelf speakers, right? And they were blasting the like, the classic rock station. There you go. You know, right? This and, is uh, this, this is uh, internet sermons right here. That's the connection. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and, and oh yeah, yeah. And so when you talk about like encouraging one another and like uh, saying hi, because I try to do that, like. Hey, how's it going today? And they're like pulling her. What? Did you, did you say something? You know, <laughs> I'm doing my thing. Don't bother me. <laughs> really good gym culture is communal. Yeah, it is. Right? We, you, you've probably have you noticed that I've tried to build that. Like, with someone comes, yeah. hey, how's it going? What are you doing today? I do see that. Yeah, and uh, good. And I encourage one another. Like, let's do this. And you want people to. I, it's almost like Cheers, you know, where yeah. if I see someone, I try to make a connection with them. I have, I'm trying to build good gym culture so that we actually, we're, we're all doing this together. We're all getting healthier and stronger together type of a thing. Right. And earbuds just smash that to pieces. Everyone's in their own little zone. They're in their little world. Yeah. Uh, and you don't, if you have earbuds, you're less likely to ask for a spot when you need it. Right. Now, if I'm an elliptical trainer, I, I need to have some kind of headphones on because I don't like running very much and I need to be maximally distracted from what sure. I'm doing. But you're right. If I'm lifting weights, that's a bad idea because I need to hear the instructions. I need to be told when I'm my form is falling apart. And so then it's a terrible idea to have headphones on. So so it's, so it's the best thing is for everyone to be communally listening to music. Yeah, I agree. We should bring a boom box. Nice. Yes. <laughs> so... So that that was just a, a comment, but uh, I, what would be a good application for this for the church? Well, I think Berg actually already nailed it. It's that isolationism that people have by staying home to watch sermons on the screen and, and listen to it alone rather than communally and, to, and encouraging one another. I mean, it overlaps a bit with one of your other points, but it's still valid, the uh, connection to this earbud culture. Yeah, where it's, it's just me and the weights, and it's, that has nothing to do with right. everyone else that I'm here because I hate working out in a dead gym. Yeah. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah you got to bring the vicar with you at least. Yeah. Right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That brings us to number one. This is a long one, okay? Okay. All right. And number one. Don't you ever look the alpha in the eyes. Not before a set, not during a set, not after a set. Do what you normally do and watch from a distance, pretending like you're not watching. If you look the alpha in the eyes, the anger and rage that he has for the steel demanding his attention will be turned to you. As thunder pours out of his delts and quads, he will rain down all-consuming fury that would only be quelled by a milk jug of water and four scoops of whey protein. That's amazing. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I was wrong. It's, uh, um, feel free to show, share helpful tips with another. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were, all I could picture was you pounding on the pulpit and preaching hell and brimstone and fire. <laughs> no, I, was trying to be, I was trying to be funny. Now, Peter, uh, as you're listening to that, if you could just put like a, a ragey effects on that for me. Yeah, I hope he does. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be really funny. <laughs> all right. So that's my list. Awesome. Nice. All right, Vicar. Hey, you know what? We're going to, we're going to, I think this... A good way to end the show. I'm going to start something new. Okay. Okay. I need. Some, I'm going to need some music. Peter will have to help me. The producer will do his work. So it is. So Vicar, what did we learn today? Goodness. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, we learned all that stuff we just said. <laughs> all right. But, you know, maybe. Um, if you really want me to try to recap. No, no. Oh, next okay. time. Okay, for next time. Okay. Next time. That way I can take notes, you know. That's right. <laughs> so, anything else you'd like to share, uh, Berg? It's so great to have you with us today. Yeah, right. it's good to be back. Um, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, uh, things are going well here. We're just uh, uh, working our way through um, 
different things. Like I said, we uh, just finished the Old Testament, and so now we're going on to the Gospel of Mark. That'll take us about 20 weeks, uh, so it should mm. get us to the end of the school year. Um, I've been taking uh, my students. Uh, we, we're almost through the book of Genesis, uh, and we're reading Eusebius's Church History, Sophocles, Oedipus Rex, uh, the Iliad. Um, we're working with science and that sort of thing. I just had them write a paper on uh, the conflict between Galileo and the church, so that was kind of fun. Um, so yeah, no things are things are going well here. They're learning a lot, and uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. So, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Oh, Vicar, where can they get hold of us? Ah, if you would like to get a hold of us, you may email us at feedback at clericalerrors.org. On Facebook, we can be found by searching for Clerical Errors Podcast. The P for podcast. And that's not yet. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. Oh, yeah. Twitter. Twitter, we are... At me, bro. At Clerical Errors P. The P for podcast. That's the one. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Berg. This is Vicar. And may your motivation be brotivation. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at P for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.